Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to Seeking Culture. I'm your host, Sabrina. And I am here on Renegade Nation. I'd like to thank everybody for the opportunity to come on out here and just talk to you guys about all the stuff I know, or at least all the stuff I think I know. (laughs) Uh, Today, I wanted to talk to you about three different things, but the very first one is all about the learning styles. Did you know that there are three? There are three distinct learning styles, and it really impacts the way you learn overall and I don't think a lot of people are really aware of what those three learning styles are but it really holds the clue to who you are as a person and how you communicate how you interact with others it can be a very powerful thing and the truth is is that it can help you hone in on how you should be communicating to the ones or with the ones that are important to you and in your life or who you want to be important in your life. So there are three senses primarily that are used in learning and storing and remembering and recalling information. Okay, so we all know about the five senses, but the three senses that are the ones that play an essential role in the way you communicate and perceive reality and relate to others are your eyes, your ears, and your sense of touch. So... The three of them are visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And that would mean like your whole body. So visual learners learn and are attracted to things visually, right? So these are the kind of people who really need to have like basically a show going on for you to be able to keep their attention bright colors. Uh, It's kind of like that dog from that movie Up where uh, he could hardly keep his attention and then he'd shout, somebody would shout out squirrel and he'd be off and running. Very similar to that. Uh, You would need to have someone look a certain way in order for them to appeal to you. You would need to have, like I said, bright colors. you know, something that would engage your visual perspective in order to help you maintain um, your level of concentration towards them. But here's the thing. Visual learners, their mind strays during verbal activities. So you could be droning on and on and on and it would mean nothing to them. So I'm thinking that a lot of people who listen to podcasts are probably not visual learners or people who are in enti- you know who are excited by listening to podcasts more that group would be auditory learners people who are interested in what you say to them what uh what things sound like so you would be saying things like does that sound right to you or i hear you i i understand what you're saying that sounds right those are things that you would have to say in order to keep a person who's auditory engaged in what it was that you were saying. But back to visual learners. So these people would rather do an act, or no, they would rather observe an act or a talk. 
So they would be the ones who are sitting and watching you, maybe from across the room, uh, listening to a talk. But they, they're instead of listening, they're basically watching how people are interacting with each other. Um, this would be the kind of person who memorizes things by seeing them. So some people have a photographic memory. They would be your visual learner. These are the people who would read a passage one time or see a picture or an infograph about something and retain that simply because it was interesting to them. There was some kind of picture that caught their attention. Uh, this is also the same person who's in your business meeting, doodling, while everybody is talking about uh, numbers and other dry topics. The doodler is actually your visual learner. And if you think that the doodler in your meeting is not listening, you're wrong. This person is listening, but the fact that he or she is drawing is actually helping them to maintain their focus of concentration in this meeting. So it's actually quite powerful for them to use this technique of doodling. And I don't know if anybody's paid attention, but lately everybody's been talking about how um, there are these doodlers who actually create whole, like almost like vision boards of cartoon characters. Um, they have pictures of, or they actually picture, what is it, they use pictures to describe words. So like instead of using money, the word money, they wouldn't write out money. They'd use a dollar sign or they'd use a, they draw a bag of money with a dollar sign on it you know like something very cartoony this would be your doodler they're usually quiet by nature and they notice all the details so this would be the person who like would notice if you had something in your teeth or somebody who would notice that you came to school with or work with uh shoes of two different colors or they would notice if your shirt was ironed or if it wasn't ironed this is the person who would be paying attention to that and an auditory person is the person who likes to talk to themselves out loud so when they're reading to themselves they like to read out loud because they like the sound of their voice and it's got nothing to do with being um, egocentric. It's just basically they are being um, engaged, you know, with their ears. They also enjoy talking. So I would imagine that a lot of podcasters are auditory learners because we're the ones doing the talking. And uh, there aren't very many visuals <laughs> until after the fact, you know, when we add our pictures up to the podcast or different things like that, or when we're looking at the graphs of the chart and the editor, you know, on our screens to show us how loud we are or how soft we are or liner notes, et cetera, et cetera. So here's the thing. The downside is that we can be easily distracted by people. So something could be happening and then it's not exactly like we have ADD or ADHD, but we are listening all the time. So something can detract us from what we're, you know, listening to because something maybe caught our ear, let's say. Um, we like to listen to music. So a lot of people who are listening to the radio doesn't necessarily have to be an auditory person, but there are differences. So there are some people who are in their car listening to music all the time, and then there are others who are listening to uh, books 
you know book uh audio books so i mean it's a little bit of a, uh, of each one it's like uh 50 50. Um, this is the person who is outgoing by nature so they're not a wallflower this is somebody who's going to come out and be in your face and be totally engaged in what's happening because they're excited by everything they're hearing and what you're saying to them and usually with this person you would have to describe a picture using their ears right so you would talk to them in in a situation uh like this by saying wow that's so amazing or i can see how uh you know like i said earlier i can hear what you're saying you know i like the sound of that you know that's <laughs> that's basically what what would be going on with an auditory learner um we come to the kinesthetic uh which is whole body um also it would incorporate tactile that's hands only uh learning and basically this would be the person who's very physical they're usually in motion most of the time so this would be your person who's like uh I don't know, a bodybuilder, a weightlifter, a runner, an athlete of any sort would be a kinesthetic person because that is what they're predisposed to. So they enjoy doing activities. Reading for them is really not a priority. They're poor spellers. They could care less. They like to solve their problems by physically working through them. So these would be the people that are actually doing something in order to solve their own situational problem these guys are also outgoing by nature but they express their emotions by physical means so these would be the people who would literally be jumping for joy being very exuberant about how they're feeling in that moment or what's excited them or what's motivated them these are the people who gesture a lot with their hands and they're usually in like unrestricted clothing, right? Because they don't like to feel confined by anything. They're very emotive. They like to be expressive. You know, a lot of people <laughs> would probably say Italians would fall under this kinesthetic uh, classification because they use their hands a lot to gesture, you know? So I want you to think about that because there are bigger implications here. If someone knew this about you, can you imagine how this would change your life for both good and bad. Now, I'm an optimist, so I'm really not going to focus on the negative too much about how this could affect you in a bad way. But positively speaking, if someone knew this about you, they could actually get close to you, get to know you better, communicate with you on a level that nobody else has ever been able to communicate with you on. You would finally be heard you would feel heard. You would feel understood. And I'll be right back. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Seeking Culture. This is your host, Sabrina, here on Renegade Talk Radio. I want to thank you for letting me... <laughs> take that break pretty quick i had to run off to uh get a drink of water and wet my whistle let's say uh, i wanted to go ahead and start talking to you uh about this book called uh, the five love languages by gary chapman and this is an amazing book 
it discusses a lot of things, uh, but it basically touches on a few of those learning styles that I had mentioned in the first part of my program. And they really, they're really specific in what they detail in there. The author of this book is very thorough in how he explains um, the ways that you can show your love and affection for someone in an appropriate way. And by appropriate, I mean in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that resonates with them. Because a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where you feel like you're not really being heard and also where someone's not really hearing you. So this book is dedicated to making sure that people are communicating with each other in such a way that their relationships actually are are improved by leaps and bounds simply because they know what to say and do for their loved ones in order to you know enhance improve and you know um just take their relationship to the next level i mean it's really interesting so if you ever have an opportunity to go go out and get or or even um I don't know, read it online, listen to it online, take the test online uh, and find out what your profile is. The book is called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. So here, here are the five profiles that they have. There's the gift giver. Now this person is generally um, satisfied and, and feels valued when they are the recipient of gifts. And it doesn't have to be anything amazing. It doesn't have to be a car. It doesn't have to be jewelry. It just has to be a little something, or it can be. And I'm not saying that a car or jewelry wouldn't be nice, but I'm saying any act of giving to this person means the world to them, right? So this is how they express their love. So if you're in a relationship with someone who's constantly affirming their relationship status with you, their love, their affection, their feelings for you through gift giving, you know that that's their love language because they're showing you they value you because they're parting with their money. They're parting with their money and they're giving you something of value. So it could be something as simple as picking up, uh, I don't know, your favorite dessert, picking up some flowers, picking up some, um, a tie, a tie for you to wear. This would be that person's love language. They're showing you how much they love you by gift giving to you. So now if you think to yourself and you kind of look at your partner and you figure, wow, you know, I've been inundated with gifts and I enjoy it, but you know, we've not been getting along lately. I, you know, I'm at a loss. I don't know what, what I'm doing wrong. Now, you know, now you can turn around and show them love in the way that they understand it by gift giving. The next one would be quality time. Now, this is the kind of person who spends a lot of time with you. They invest their time with you because they find that you're an important part of their life. You're important. And anything that has to do with you, that they can support you in, that requires their time, they're, they're there. They will show up for you. This is the person who shows up for you no matter what. And I think this is my profile type, to be honest with you. Because a lot of times when I reflect back on when I'm not satisfied in a relationship, it's usually because the person that I'm with hasn't shown me the same amount of respect and hasn't 
put in the kind of time that I've been putting in. And so to me, it seems like it's an unequal uh, playing field. It's not level. They're not loving me the way that I think that they should be loving me. Meanwhile, they're showing me their love language. But the truth is, my love language is how I perceive love, right? So I perceive it. If, if you're spending time with me, then that means you care about me. Because quite frankly, time is a commodity that we're never going to get back. And truly, you need to spend your time well these days. Um, the other thing would be acts of service. Now, this profile type is a person who needs somebody to show them that they love them by helping them, by helping them. So if your spouse or your significant other, I mean, this is like the, the ramifications of this go extend all the way to like your parents, your children, your cousins, your uncles, your aunts, your grandparents. I mean, everybody has their love language. So if you know someone who is constantly helping you, not just spending time with you side by side, but who's helping you do things, that's a person whose love language is acts of service. They're there with you. I don't know, maybe you need to unload a storage unit. Maybe you need to wash a car. Maybe you need to figure out how to paint your house. This is the person who's there with you, side by side. Maybe they don't know how to do it, but they showed up to help you do it because they realize the value in that. Being with someone and helping them through the rough time. It doesn't even have to be manual labor. It could just be um, as easy as um, providing a service. Like let's say, ah, your spouse forgot their lunch and you show up with lunch. That's an act of service. So this person is also looking for love in the way that they're demonstrating it. It's pretty important stuff. So, so far that's three. The next one is affirmations. Affirmation, so this is the person who's telling you how they feel. They're telling you how happy you make them. They're telling you what a wonderful person you are, how kind you are, how loving you are. They're talking to you in positive ways. They're creating a visual for you and them, like moving forward. Like, what will it be? Like, yes, we are going to do this. Yes, we are going to, you know, go on this vacation together. Yes, you're making a future plan. We are affirming this. This is our relationship. You're my person. I love you. There's no one else for me. This is it. You know, you're my dream come true. So this person is demonstrating to you their love language. And the best way to communicate with them is to go ahead and demonstrate it right back to them. The next one is physical touch. And right away, everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's sex, sex. That's what it is. Most, most of the men, the majority of the men are going to be this. Well, actually that's not true. Physical touch can be anything. It could be a soft caress. It could be someone guiding you across the street by taking your arm. It could be somebody putting their hand on the small of your back. It could be somebody giving you a hug. It could be somebody patting you on the back. It could be somebody taking your hand 
It could be somebody hugging you. It doesn't have to be sexual in nature. I mean, it's, hey, kudos for anybody that is lucky enough to have that. But I'm talking about just physical touch, not anything sexual, just a physical a physical demonstration of how important you are. So this person is demonstrating their love for you in this way, and that's what they're looking for in return. So I'm going to go ahead and take another break. <laughs> And I'll be right back. I'm your host, Sabrina, here on Renegade Nation. Thank you. Hi, welcome back to Seeking Culture. This is Sabrina uh, on Renegade Talk Radio. I was just laughing with a friend of mine because I'm thinking to myself, wait, did I hit all of those five profiles in uh, that book, The Five Love Languages? Well, even if I haven't, it's a great read and I suggest that you go out and you just check it out and see it. It's amazing. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Still the conversation. I'm afraid that's all Hi, welcome back to Seeking Culture. I'm your host, Sabrina, and I was just uh, sitting over here laughing with a friend, thinking to myself, did I hit all those profiles on the five languages of love um, by Carrie Chapman? But here's the deal. I mean, the book is great. You should go out and, and uh, buy it, read it, get it on Amazon. I think you're going to love it. It really is a wonderful way to demonstrate your love with the people that you care about um, in the way that means the most to them. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about my next topic. And the next topic is based on this book called The Go-Giver. And uh, the little liner says, a little story about a powerful business idea. Now this book is by Bob Berg and John David Mann. And uh, it's not sponsored in any way. It's just a book that was recently shared with me and it's all about how you can get the most by giving the most. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but a lot of people uh, believe in, um, you know, giving back to the community. And I know that it's a really personal thing. It depends on what you are invested in. It depends on what you value. But this book, I mean, it's really not a long read. It's got very few pages. It's not <laughs> here. Let me actually find out how many pages. It's got 124 pages. And if you can't read 124 pages, maybe you should go out and get the audiobook. But it's really amazing. It's a, it's a wonderful little I want to call it a parable, really, about how you can get the most in life by giving the most. And so that means going out and providing value to others in ways that are meaningful. Now, I know I've talked about love languages. I know I talked about learner uh, styles, you know, the characteristics of the learner styles. But this is really a wonderful book because it talks about the law of value, what you provide to others and then what they in turn can provide for you. Now, I'm a person who likes to be in control of things. So I don't really like anything that makes me feel like I'm being manipulated in any way. But here's the, here's the thing, the law of value, what you provide to someone, 
I don't want to think that, I don't want you to think that this is a manipulative thing, okay? So basically your true worth, this is what they have, the five laws of stratospheric success, the law of value, which is defined as your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. So always being of service in a greater capacity than what you're receiving. And so some people listening might be like, well, wait, that doesn't sound right. You know, like, why should I give more than what I'm going to be getting? But you have to read the book to find out. But going on to the law of compensation, and it's defined by your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So if you have a business and you want to think about it in terms of that, you can think about how many people are you really impacting on the daily and how many people you're interacting with, how far is your reach. Um, that's really what's going to be bringing you a bigger paycheck, especially if you're in a high profile job like sales where you have to go out there and you have to be in people's faces and you have to be doing the song and dance in order to get you know your money at the end of the day or at the end of the month. This is, you know, this is really powerful, okay? So you really have to be thinking about how many people you're actually serving and how well you're doing your job. The other uh, law of success is the law of influence. And this one is determined by your, it says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. So people always like people who are always taking care of them, who are always you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's and doing what they need to in order to, you know, take care of them. So like you'll be paying attention to the person who looks out for you, who's always got your best interest in mind. Why? Because that is creating goodwill on your part. You want to then turn around and help them in a way because they've been looking out for you for so long. The other law is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And this is true. And this whole in this whole society right now, we're having, I think, a, maybe a little bit of a crisis. People don't really um, know who they are. They're trying to find out who they are. They're trying to figure out what they can do to better communicate what their needs are, who they are, what their vision is for themselves. So being authentic, when you can find a person who's authentic, that person is worth their weight in gold. This is the straight shooter. This is the person who doesn't try and get over on you. They're not going to lie about who they are. They are who they are. No bones about it. And that's the kind of person who should be respected. And I know a lot of people out there listening are going to be like, wow, people who are spouting off, you know, hate speech, hate talk. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being your authentic self when you're with your family, when you're with your partners, you know, your wives, your husbands, your children. That's who you are. When you're with your best friend, that's your authentic self. That vulnerable underbelly, that's who you are. And if you can be authentic with as many people as you come in contact with, there will be more respect for you. And they will in turn reward you by being as authentic with you as you are with them. The next law is the law of receptivity. 
And it says the key to effective giving is to staying open to receiving. Now, a lot of people think that saying, no, 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 don't worry about it. No, 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 I've got it. That that's the way to go. Because in some way, it's a learned behavior that if you don't accept, then you're kind of a little bit better than the next person. You're just like a person who's standing alone. You're an island. You don't need anyone. And the truth is you have to be open to receiving because you don't know where your next gift is going to be coming from. It could come to you from the most unlikely place. So you have to stay open and receptive to the ideas that are floating around you to the person standing next to you because you never know where your next big break is going to come from. And I don't just mean a break as far as, you know, financially, but, you know, like a breakthrough. People can share with you where they've been and that could be a catalyst for change for you in your life. So that's been my show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, this is Sabrina here with Seeking Culture on Renegade Talk Radio. Have a great week.